This is College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast for Division I women's college soccer with Old Miss head coach Matt Mott, Rice head coach Brian Lee, and special guest Duke head coach Robbie Church. Give a listen, tell a friend. Now let's go to Coach Mott and Coach Lee. College Soccer Nation, it is tournament time. And College Soccer Nation is here with all the information you need to get ready to fill out your brackets and uh, and pick the winner of this year's College Cup in Cary, North Carolina. My name is Matt Mott. I'm the head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels. I am joined with a esteemed panel of Brian Lee from the Rice Owls and Robbie Church from Duke University, who is still playing in this tournament. So his picks are going to be a little less than Brian and I. But, uh, Brian, I'll start with you. It's been a few weeks. We've been kind of busy. Lots of games, lots of craziness. Congratulations on your conference championship. Yep. Well done again there, Conference right. USA. I mean, went um, undefeated through the league, which is awesome. So congratulations. How are things with you down in Houston? You know, you, you can congratulate all you want. You run 10 or 11 games, and then you lose the first game in the tournament. And now you feel like, what, this is going to be the longest nine months ever. Yeah. Welcome to coaching. Yeah, exactly. When, when 10 of your last last 11, you got a bad feeling in your mouth. For sure. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we started out, I feel the same way. We started out like uh, our house, our hair was on fire, and then we crashed and burned down the stretch. Certainly disappointing with how our season ended, um, but that's that's the world we live in, and it's tough and tough leagues. And We can't all be the national fun. championship favorites. We can't. <laughs> Speaking of that, yeah, let's bring right. in Robbie Church. Churchy, great yeah. year. Still obviously rolling. Um, number two seed in the one well, of the number two seeds in the tournament. Um, fantastic run through the ACC championship, and you are now uh, getting ready to play Radford. Yes, yes. Well, well, thank you, boys, for the uh, putting that that thing on our back. You know the national <laughs> yeah, the target, the target. That, that target, and, yeah. and Chris too. Don't let's not let Chris off the hook here. Yeah, he, for he sure. was part of that. So thanks for been carrying that around the whole year. But uh, <laughs> uh, really proud of our group. Think they did a really good job. We had our ups and downs also, but uh, you know I, I think we're playing pretty well right now and looking forward to play Radford on uh, Saturday night. We had to move it. We were supposed to play Friday night. Uh, we got another storm. We've got yeah. a late season storm coming in. It's going to rain all day. So we were fortunate enough to be able to slide that. Football has a game at twelve o'clock, so we'll play it. We'll play at seven o'clock on Saturday night. So, well, all the rowdy football fans come over to the all game. All the rowdy then. football fans. We're going to get so. from from the stadium, which is only about fifty yards from our stadium. So just you know, bring yourself up the hill and put yourself in this, in the bleachers <laughs> for a couple hours. And That'd be awesome. We'll be there at seven o'clock. Awesome. Okay, a uh, couple topics before we get into the bracket breakdown. Um, first topic, yesterday was a big day across the country for all the 2023 class is finally officially signed. Signing day is open. And, um, you know, we're, I'm certainly happy as the Rebels. We signed nine that uh, I'm happy with and think will come in and and um, and help us, certainly. And, you know, all the way around the country, everybody's very happy. Lots of text messages, lots of Instagram posts, Facebook, Snapchat, uh, TikTok, you name it. Uh, it was out there social media wise announcing who's going where and to what school. And so just a really, really fun day for, I think, college soccer. Yeah. Of, disagree, Brian? Lot, I, well, there's a lot of excited coaches and a lot of excited parents and players. Yeah. And then August is going to come. And what else happened recently, Matt? What else opened up? 
this way. The we portal have... opened. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the portal. portal. The portal so, opened. Yeah. So on the signing day, when everyone's all, we're so excited. Here are my 10 new best friends. This is going to be great. We're going to state U, Y, X, or Z. Look at us. Here's our picture. We got our shirts. Mom, dad got shirts. We've got our tables set out with yep. pennants. Remember pennants, Matt? You probably used yeah, to have a while. Yeah, I know how to nice pennant this shirt. Only time you ever see pennants now is on signing day uh, <laughs> on the girls' table. Yes. But you know, what What I would like is to be Kevin Durant with like a ghost Twitter thing or a ghost Instagram thing mm-hmm. where underneath I could, you know, write a little thing. Well, this is going to be super exciting to see which five of you 10 make it to your sophomore year. And then... <laughs> You know, or uh, look to your left, look to your right in the big group picture. One of you will be here, one of you won't, and the other one will be suing the coach. <laughs> Way to put a happy smile on signing day, yeah, Brian. That, that's, that's the reality. Uh, you know, and it's not everywhere, obviously. No. A lot of the schools operate differently and can't do sort of things, you know, rotating players. But it's... Yeah. It, that's just tongue in cheek. Good day yeah, for everybody. Course, yeah, I'm excited for everybody. But yeah. newsflash to the parents: t- tell your kid to go train. Still, yes. The next, yes. this isn't the destination. It's just right. start, or it's going to be a depressing finish. Well, at the end of the day, the end of the day, they are going from playing U18 to playing U22. So they got three three years of people ahead of them that have been working really hard to get better in the weight room and you got to work really hard to come in and get ready. You're just not going to be handed a spot. Very interesting. And any thoughts, Churchy on the portal? The portal is uh, open. I know a lot of teams obviously are, it, it, it's this new, this new way. Let me say this. Sorry, not to bring you in. I'll bring you in a second, but with a 60 day period in the, um, you know, guys, teams still playing, but the portal's going crazy. So these poor coaches are, trying to prepare for the NCAA tournament, but yet they're checking the portal every half hour and, and, you know, having to look at calling kids and, you know, a lot of teams don't have, I mean, just, it's, it's kind of crazy. I can't believe they've set this up where our signing day and portal is open on the same day or within a day. That is the stupidest thing. Maybe the NCAA has ever done. And, and, you know, there's a long list of, of crazy things that they've done. This one is really for soccer. It's terrible. True. Well, let me let me go back because Brian Lee is the Grinch of signing day. He uh, is. He really is. We have found the Grinch. Of, there's a Grinch of Christmas, and Brian Lee is a Grinch Listen, of signing day. Let me preface this with that, Rice. We have, we have the highest graduation rate of student athletes, ninety nine percent. You sign with Rice, you get your coming. I got to live with it if you decide that you know to lay on the couch for the next six months. Uh, exactly. But. Yeah, yes, I'm the great, the, the social Grinch. Grinch. I agree with that. It's a good, the Grinch, good explanation. The Grinch of day. But my problem with signing date is the timing of signing oh. date. Yes. Who, whose idea was this to bring this to November? What was ba- what was so bad about February? What yeah. Was so bad. Season's over. Holidays are over. We're looking. There's a lull in. There's a lull. How can we get some information out? How can we publicity about women's soccer? You know, great timing to be able to bring to bring them in and do show a little bit of respect and then close that yeah. down and get them training and get them playing. But, you know, to have this, uh, you know, last week, we're, you know, we're, we're playing Carolina in the uh, semifinals and then we're trying to have to deal with, oh, I got to get out. I got to do all this paperwork for the uh, NLIs for, for signing date. Are you crazy? This yeah. is, it, it is absolutely nuts, the timing and how it fits in in the soccer landscape. So. I agree. And, Church, here's the thing for me. I couldn't, could not agree with you more. 
excellently, excellent point, excellently said. But how many kids are changing their mind from November to February? Yeah. Like why, why, why are we doing it in November when the, you're right? Yeah. February was fine. Like early Sunday, is that because, I mean, I get football. They're trying to lock these guys in before they make 10 different choices, yeah. but in our yeah. sport, they're not switching spots. Yeah, sure. They've decided it's done. That's where they're going. So it's really, I'm with you. It's, it's a terrible time. And terrible. Now, the other thing, here's a little, a side note on this though. Now that, and I just thought of this while we're talking, if you open the transfer portal, on November 8th, is that when it opened and we signed yep. on the 9th? On November 8th, and we moved signing date till February. What of our what are some of our good friends in the business gonna do in those two or three months <laughs> these days? Yeah. Is that yeah. not true? Yeah, it could be. That's yeah. true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there's a look to flip kids. Yeah. One of, one of the best players in the country just popped up on the portal. Today, mm -hmm. highest profile yeah. recruited her position from yeah. a year or two ago. And if you, if, you know, some guys, girls got a goalkeeper signed who's a freshman, 17 year old, they don't want to replace her and, yeah. you know, the scholarship in those three months. Just saying, I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. not a bad point. Yeah. I think the other, the other thing is recruiting season for colleges are just now opening up, basically. Yeah. We recruit a lot during the season. You know, now the November, end of November starts this weekend with Phoenix and then kind of moves until the, the, the dead period starts. You know, it gets chances to coaches to see those players again. It gets chances for coaches to have conversation with those players before they sign. Now you haven't seen – when was the last time you saw your players that signed play? Yeah. Um, what was yeah. it, last summer? Yeah, it was last summer, yeah, sure. in most cases too. Yeah. So I, I just think that, that my problem, and I'll, I'll be the Grinch with you, Brian. My my Grinch problem is the timing in, in having it in November and not in February when they used to have it too. So, yeah. when it's just one of those legislation le legislative things we had no idea about, right? Just right. Now, just all of a sudden, yeah. we heard here you go. They just told it's us, they, you know, and there's plenty of sports that this is a great time. This is a great fit for them, right? You know, but we're not one of them. We're not. That's right. We're not one of those sports that this is a great fit. This is this is as bad as you can come in our sport right now to to have this date at this time period too. So, so some some interesting legislation I heard. Um, and again, I don't know where it is in the in the system and all of the things it has to do to get implemented. But there's been a lot of talk about adding a coach for soccer, right? Adding a a a, a um a full time coach and getting rid of the volunteer coach. Well, not adding a coach, right? You could just turn your volunteer into a right, position. right, right. Sorry, yeah, volunteer can turn into full time. And then the other piece is, um, you know, there's a big push to expand the tournament from mm -hmm. uh, from sixty four to ninety six, expanded by twenty five percent, which I think really? makes a lot of sense. And, and you know, if you so you have some first round buys, I think that's fair. And and I think that it would be great because again, the 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 push behind it is um, in baseball, you know, Ole Miss was the last team selected and won the national championship. So I think the argument is there's teams out there that didn't make the tournament that have a chance to to win, but the tournament, the tournament is limited because of the automatic qualifiers, and a lot of those automatic qualifiers aren't realistic, um, you know, people that could win, win the national championship. You're trying to find out who the best team in the country is, adding teams to, to kind of ensure that I think would be great. Any thoughts on that, fellas? Yeah, I think that's – I've heard – we talked yesterday. We had a monthly – like everybody, we had a monthly coaches meeting. 
And a lot of discussion was about adding the extra co or turning the volunteer coach into a paid position, full-time position now because of a number of lawsuits and different things that, that have come down the pike of those. And, you know, that that's interesting. I think everybody's at the, this time of cost savings and, you know, how, you know, who's going to pay for that? Where's that coming from? Is that, you know, and will all schools get that? Well, that, you know, again, I think it's, it's going to be, it's going to continue to have some schools that have a great deal of money that's put into it. It's going to, you know, they're going to continue to, to get richer and, and get more coaches with it. And I think there'll be a number of schools that, yeah, that's a good idea, but there's no way we can pay for that, you know, and can we fundraise for, for that? So I think that's, you know, there's a lot of questions about, about that coach. I think it's something that's needed. Um, I think it's something that's embraced by the coaches, but you know, can that be something that's financially? Um, yeah, I, I think of? Churchy, you know, I, I hear what you're saying and I'm not Mr. Big Bad Power Five, but how many of these coaches are getting money some way, somehow working clubs and they're busting their butts. And it's just like university, it's it, universities add employees all the time, all the time. And so, we're, we're, I mean, I don't think we're talking about adding them at a, you know, significantly high pay rate. Right. We're adding that, paying them what, you know, probably at the lower end of what the university employees are. So, to me, it just makes total sense. These guys, do you know a volunteer that doesn't work their butt off? Nope. nope. They're trying to make it, nope. right? And so, right. in this day and age, with all the millions of dollars going into all the different sports, just think it makes a lot of sense. And I and I hope it goes through. I've had a volunteer with me for, for going into ninth, he's just finished his ninth season straight. That's cool. Like he needs to be paid at a full-time level and, and get the benefits of that. You know, yeah, we have, so, we have a goalkeeper right. coach who's been there for, yeah. for seven years and just done a really yeah. good job with us too. And, and, you know, has worked as, has worked hard too. No question. Yeah. Do you guys think that if, if we went to 96 teams in the tournament, mm -hmm. would all the conferences then play everybody and stop worrying so much about the RPI? I, I hope so, Brian. That 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 would make a huge argument to do it. There'd be no reason any longer to worry about not playing everybody in your league, right? And now it's a true champion. It's a true, you know, you really understand where they fit. It makes so much sense. But it is. I don't know about you guys, but in our league, who you don't play or who you do play, whatever way you want to look at it, is huge. Right. It's absolutely massive. And so – I think it'd be great if we could get to where we could have a round robin with everybody in your league. And, you know, I think it also, hopefully it would lead to teams playing good teams and having good yes. games out there. No yep. longer will teams say, Hey, we can't play you because of the RPI. Yep. You know, we can't have too many really good teams on your schedule. You know, we can now, now you can go out and you can play good games. You can see where your team is. You can see the strengths of your teams. You can see the weaknesses of your teams. You can know your teams better as you start to get to the tournament and you play, yeah. you know, you play the best schedule. It's just, you know, we are running into a lot of people saying we're not going to play because of the RPI and anything to get rid of that RPI, anything to de decrease that RPI, I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of. Yeah. I mean, you look at, you look at, sorry, Brian, you look at like, um, I mean, I mean, again, we're all, all three of us are dinosaurs, right? So go back, I don't know, what, 10 or 15 years where no one was worried about the RPI and there were good games every weekend. Now it's like a shock of uh, non-conference. Now it's like a shock if there's a good game because everybody's protecting the RPI or protecting their spot in the RPI. And we, you know, listen, I, I don't have a problem saying this. We as a committee um, are handcuffed by it. They were just absolutely handcuffed by that RPI and, you know, I, I am, you know, we have a, you know, commitment to keep things confidential. So I'm not going to get into it deeply, but 
But at the end of the day, everything goes back to the to the RPI, and that's it's what we have to do as as a committee. But if you could get rid of that, boy, it'd be awesome. It'd well, be awesome. I mean, look at the tournament, and I thought the committee did a just fine job. I didn't hear much arguing about last team in or even the seeds. I thought the committee did a very good job. However, we got we got teams getting out large bids who don't have a top fifty win. Top fifty. Yeah. There's, I mean, good lord, that's a lot of teams. Yeah. You know, so it, but I the reason you don't have top fifty wins is because you're not playing top fifty teams because that's not the way to build an RPI. Right. The way to RPI is to be top one fifty teams. Yeah. Two hundred teams okay. and win. Yeah. All right, let's get on this bracket or we could be on this forever. Um, so very exciting. It's the best time of year for sure for, for all these guys still playing. Um, certainly a lot of us are very jealous um, and would love to be playing it, but it's certainly a great time. And and again, this year, the difference in the bracket is we were able to seed 32. So we seeded one through 32 with four number ones, four number twos, four number threes, so on and so forth. The top 16 were protected. So the top 16 seeds, so all the ones, twos, threes, and fours are in exact order of what the committee felt like were the top 16 teams in order. And then from 16 to 32, there were pods of fives, sixes, seven, and eights, where, again, the geography piece comes into play. Again, if you don't listen or don't follow the, the NCA very closely, there is a limit for the committee. They want to get as few flights as possible. So if that means a Texas and Texas A&M have to play, for example, or Cal and Santa Clara, because of the distance, um, they have to do that. So sometimes it gets a little ugly with first round matchups. The other piece of it is you, you we try very hard to not have teams play each other in the conference in the first two rounds. So this year, very challenging because you had 10 ACC teams and nine SEC teams in the tournament. So trying to match up where ACC teams don't play each other in the first two rounds and with the SEC teams, that made it challenging. So you will see in the second round, a lot of SEC and ACC teams playing each other, right? The SEC playing the ACC, so on and so forth. But uh, let's get to it. What we're going to do. Before you do, make it clear to the people that this is a trial run on the 32 seats. Yes. It's a pilot program. We're doing it. Volleyball doing it. They're seeing how they like it. Do they want to keep it? Do they want to go back? Our group was pretty in favor of it. There were a couple things that got a little hokey. um, But for the most part, it, it really laid out well. But it was hard, guys. It was hard we spent a lot of hours trying to figure out who are the top 32, what's the parameters for it. Um, difficult. And then, you know, you're talking about now, you know, groups in uh, four is still hard. So, you know, you know, when you look at the top, top ones and twos, whoever eight and nine is really difficult um, because the eighth team is going to host in the second, third round. The ninth team is not. So that's a huge, huge benefit to be in that top eight. So that was also a lot of discussion. All right, here we go. Uh, the number one overall seed in the tournament is Florida State. They're playing Florida Gulf Coast in the opening round. And we'll just kind of read these. If anything you guys want to mention on them, we can. If not, um, we can kind of keep rolling. Florida Gulf Coast, number one postman from ODP, Montevallo, Alabama, <laughs> all-time team, Jim Blankenship. Yes, he was. Until, until, uh, until um, uh, what's his name, started bringing in the, the actual players, right? right. Chadwick. 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 Yeah, Chaddy. Chadwick started uh, recruiting on campus over there. Yes, And, yes. and then uh, the postman had to uh, back down. A yes, a little tougher. Um, uh, all right. Second one, LSU Lamar. Very interesting, I think. Again, a lot of people that want to listen to this podcast know that LSU had 
two players red carded in their last game are going to sit the first two games. So if they get past Lamar, they will sit for Florida State as well, which makes – I mean, any of us lose two starters going to be difficult for sure. But um, yeah. so LSU with a Lamar team that lost once all season maybe? Yeah, 15-1. and one, was two. the record? 15-1-2. Yeah. So Great good job. game there. Uh, anything on your old your old LSU Tigers, Brian? You're good. We keep rolling. No, go Tigers. They're going to get a huge crowd out. I don't like Lamar's chances, but that's going to be LSU surviving FSU without those two. That's two of their better athletes. Very good players. They'll be missing. Yeah. All right. Out. We're going in. Uh, sorry, LSU was the eight seed into the five seed bracket now with Georgetown playing Hofstra. Hofstra is in this tournament every dang year, man. That really, really does a great job. And they weren't, they were the, they were like the eight seed maybe in their tournament. Some, yeah, some, some crazy. Yeah. And came through it and won it. So congratulations to them. They take on Georgetown. And Georgetown to me is, is done well, but maybe has a little bit to prove in that five seed, you know, and uh, a lot of good draws, but not a ton of wins. Um, so hopefully Dave comes through and, but a tough game there. Um, good. Move on. Pittsburgh, Buffalo. Pittsburgh's a four seed. Buffalo uh, won the Mac first, I think, first time in a long time, but, that sets up a tasty little Georgetown Pittsburgh game down there in Tallahassee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who you like in Georgetown Pittsburgh if it gets to it, Brian? Well, to start off with, full credit to Buffalo. A lot of people, that's an upset pick in the first round. That's not mine because I think it's so hard for the mid-range teams to all of a sudden pop up and play a, a ACC team. They haven't seen a team like that in in months. Um, so I, I do think pick gets through. I I don't know. Robbie would know best those two teams, but. I really like Pitt's chances. And what is it, Pitt's first tournament ever? Yeah, ever. That's what I was going to say. I mean, kudos to Randy and their and their group over there. First first NCAA bid ever. And, you know, again, when he got in, they were at the bottom of our league. And he's done a phenomenal job of building them up. And um, congratulations to him. Well, and and they lost their best player halfway through the season, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah, their goal so, score, their goal score. Yeah, goal scores. Yeah, yeah, not just their best player, one of the best strikers in the ACC. For and sure. We lost, we lost a pretty good goal scorer, and um, <laughs> things got a little worse from there. No. <laughs> Way yeah. the season. Yeah. Robbie, uh, what do you right. think about the Pitt Georgetown, Robbie? Who are you taking? Pitt Georgetown? Oh, that's two teams that will struggle to score goals, but defensively they're very good. I think I would take Georgetown on set plays. Goal comes, okay. off, a, goal comes off a set plays. Like it. All right. So moving in, continuing that bracket, the number three seed, Arkansas, takes on Missouri State at Arkansas. Will be a wild night. Will be very difficult for the the Missouri State uh, Tigers – or, sorry, Bears, I think they are. Um, and, and then Ohio State, Bucknell, right? Ohio State's on a little bit of a slide, lost a few games here late. Um, but maybe they get feeling better against Bucknell before an Arkansas-Ohio State – Matchup possibly right. Uh, House State six, Arkansas three. Brian, who are you taking in that? That would be played at probably St. Louis if St. Louis gets through as well. This whole uh, little quartet, the bottom of this yeah. quadrant, is the the most interesting for me by far. And I think where we'll see upsets or whatever you want to call them upsets. I think that Ohio State Arkansas game heads to penalties. Is if uh-huh. I'm picking a guess, I think it's a very very competitive game. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Like it. All right. Um, and then down on the bottom part of this this first group of sixteen, you got the Mississippi State Bulldogs taking on New Mexico State, who upset Utah Valley in their championship uh, to make it in. And down in Starkville, never an easy place to play. 
And then the Memphis Tigers, who's re, kind of a resurgent Memphis Tigers against, to me, one of the most interesting teams in the tournament in St. Louis. 20-1. and one. Only lost is to Notre Dame, yep. who is a number one seed. They, I mean, it's one thing to run through your league. It's another thing to win every other game is really impressive. I mean, not a draw, not that they didn't show up on a Sunday afternoon or a Friday night against a bad team. I mean, they came out every game, but now they're playing a team that's kind of rolling in Memphis that struggled early and now they got it going. Um, at some point, St. Louis has got to, has got to drop a game. I think maybe not. But uh, Memphis, St. Louis, one of the most interesting ones of the of the first round for me. Uh, thoughts on that one, Robbie? Yeah, um, you know, obviously looking at St. Louis, I mean, they just roll their conference. Yeah, I, I think every. I, I don't think they have many games less than four nothing, five nothing in in games too. So now as they they jump up, but you know, I, we played Memphis last year. And Brooks is really good, mm-hmm. and his and his staff is really good. I I don't know if their team is as good as it was last year. I don't think it is, but but they're going to make that game difficult because of their experience and being in the NCAA tournament and uh, and and how they scrap and how hard they play. I don't know if they're going to win the game, but I think it's going to be one hell of a game. I really do. Brian, any thoughts on that one? I'm keep it rolling. I mean, if if a really high seed is going to get beat in the first round, there it is. Yeah. You know, if one of the ones, twos is, is going to go down. And then that would set up Memphis, Mississippi State in round two to make they the all... Sweet 16. Oh, Ooh. boy. If that upset did happen, there, bring out there the EMS. Going to have to there double There might be up. a foul or two in that game. There no, might be there a foul or two be. in that game. <laughs> um, okay. So the interesting thing about that, if you call that upset and St. Louis loses – that means that whole bracket goes to Ar- – if Arkansas wins against Missouri State, Ar- they would go to Arkansas, which would make it real interesting. You'd like feel good kind of about Arkansas maybe coming out of that group or the winner of Arkansas, Ohio State. Okay, let's do this. Um, so, Churchy, you will not pick this, but Brian and I, you've got – I'm going to read you the seeds. You can take any of the seeds. Or you can take any team you want in this coming out of this bracket, making the final four. So, Florida State's the one, LSU's the two. Uh, Arkansas's the, uh, sorry, Florida State's the one, St. Louis is the two, Arkansas's the three, uh, the four is uh, Pittsburgh, five is Georgetown, six is Ohio State, seven is Mississippi State, eight is LSU. You got one team to come out of this quadrant, Brian, or let's do it maybe this way. Who is playing in the Elite Eight? I'm going to Florida State. Yeah. And the bottom of the brackets. Oh, that one is so tough. Arkansas's, uh, I think they're a stage down. I'll tell you what, I'm going to take Ohio State. All right. You know, me, Mr. SEC Homer, but don't you maybe have forgotten a little piece. The season started with St. Louis knocking off Arkansas 1 0 at St. Louis. Oh. If there's, as Chris Berman would say, if there's someone that will circle the dragons like the Buffalo Bills and get a team fired up, chomping at the bit, wanting to eat raw meat, it's Kobe Hale and the Arkansas Razorbacks. I will take Arkansas to get to lead it again, and I, I will take the Seminoles but, to make it back to carry. Poor Mark Kerkorian. 
Not you know, one wants to say poor Mark Kikorian, right? He's running yeah. the Washington spirit and they're spending money like they're the uh, New York Yankees hiring <laughs> the best staff. And yeah. geez, but how about this draw for Florida State? Oh, how are they not making the final four? The other three, I got plenty of teams in the other three, but yeah. there's only one team that can make the final four in this side, and it's Florida yeah. State. Yeah. It's wild. And it and it all runs through Tallahassee again, man. It's unbelievable. So, and then my thing, it's an impressive job by Brian Penske, no question about it. But how, Churchy, I hate to say it, but Florida State won the tied for the league championship and won the tournament. What if Mark stays and Yuji Zhao stays and, and all the rest of them stay? The drill, I mean, the drill stays. My yeah, God. the drill. Like, yeah, yeah. They just they just gave us a little bit of a chance this year. Okay. They, yeah. yeah. There, was, there was a little bit of a hope. You said there's a hope. There's yeah. a, there's a chance. Yeah. Said, well, there was a little chance, but as you see, you know, kudos. And I think Brian Pinsky has done an unbelievable job. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, not what he had to deal with on the field. He had great players, and I think he handled that situation perfectly. He listened to the players. You know, uh, but I think what he had to handle off the field and all the stuff it was around Mark and how Mark stepped away and all the noise that came at you know beginning of it. I I, I think he's he, a magnificent job. It's good. Well, as, don't forget from day one we talked about the portal. Seven of these kids were in the portal when he showed yeah. up. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No. I, all I, right. I, let's keep it rolling, guys. We'll be here all night. All right. We're going down to the lower bracket where the number one seed. In the lower quadrant is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish uh, playing Omaha. I think they're probably moving on to the second round. No offense to Omaha, but that's yep. at, at Notre Dame. Looks pretty good. Yep. Uh, the, the game that is just, again, my four years on the committee, it's just so friggin' painful that we have to continue to play Santa Clara and Cal. Great. But there's just no other way around it, and it sucks, and I hate it, but Need different California teams to make the tournament. But Santa Clara and Cal, second game, probably maybe the most competitive game of the first round. Certainly it's in the mix. Sure. Um, you want to take that one, Brian? That's Santa Clara's second half of the season form. I I can see Santa Clara making a deep run in the yeah. tournament. So I'm going to take Santa Clara. Cal, Cal, uh, Cal beat them the first time around. No. Don't like their chances second yeah, time around. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. All right. Going back up, so sorry, Santa Clara's eight seed, TCU five seed, playing UTSA, the champions out of Conference USA. Any thoughts on uh, on on Eric and the crew, Churchy? We keep moving. Yeah, no, they're they're a very very good team. Obviously, yeah. we played them this year. Um, I think I, I like their chances in this in this bracket. They're going to be a what a, what a second round game if things hold with them in Michigan State. I mean, we haven't be, got to that game yet. Please don't jump ahead. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, it's just a, he's so difficult. What do I say? Don't say every team's the greatest team ever. Churchy person. Oh, TCU, great team. Oh, they're wonderful. They're, now he's jumping ahead. Can we not get to that one first, please? Uh, TCU, moving on. Sorry. Okay. I, that's, all, that's all I got to say. I'm but I love the Derek Pittman and the Roadrunners. Beep, beep. Great run in the conference yeah. day tournament. Maybe the sixth seed, I think they were. Uh, impressive. Yep. All right, Michigan State, Milwaukee, Churchy. Who you like in that one? <laughs> uh, I think somebody mentioned Michigan State earlier. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who that person was, but uh, but you know, Kevin's done a really nice job at, at Milwaukee. Michigan State, fantastic. They're on a roll. Tough game to lose. Almost did the double 
Almost complete. Yeah. Did the double in the Big Ten. That's not easy to do. Wow. Um, so I'm sure they're anxious to get back out and play. They're a good team. So let's just do this. Mich- Again, if the seeds hold, you got Michigan State, TCU, <laughs> and you got Santa Clara, Notre Dame. That's a group, a good group of four teams. That's a pick 'em contest for me. Watching Michigan State play Penn State, they're a very good team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that makes it really. I mean, I, I that maybe it's not pick 'em because Notre Dame is really kind of rolling, um, but that's four good teams in the in the second round. Okay, All right. good. All right, up in the uh, upper quadrant, you got the number three team, the Stanford Cardinal who also won the uh, Pac-12 and is a three-seed based on some of maybe the non-conference stuff. Uh, they play San Jose State. I don't think there's a lot of read conversation there. And then in that one up above is a, a tasty little nugget. BYU playing Utah Valley, who Utah Valley beat BYU in the regular season. It's back at BYU. They will be raucous in the, in in the, at BYU Stadium for that one for sure. Any thoughts on BYU Utah Valley, Brian? Uh, Utah, Utah Valley limping in a little with the loss to New Mexico State in the conference final, and talk about a revenge game. And I don't want a revenge game in Provo, Utah. Yeah. There, <laughs> no, so no, I, uh, I like no. BYU's chances. <laughs> All right, and then we'll take this one. Sanford Bulldogs back in again. Everybody had them written off halfway through the season. Wins the league, wins the double. Just does what just wins. Toddy Yelton just wins against uh, Kadani, who has reinvigorated uh, Georgia. They look really good. Had a great run at the run at the beach. Um, ended up losing to the champion South Carolina. A very good game. Um, so you got Sanford versus Georgia in between the hedges, as they say in Georgia. <laughs> um, good game and uh, two Bulldogs. When I, you know, the one thing about that game is there's a chance they're playing with a lot of weather, yeah. So, um, maybe it evens it out a little bit for Sanford. Yep, mm-hmm. good. Too much <laughs> athleticism, too much athleticism. On yeah, Georgia. Yeah. George, Georgia is athletic, no doubt. We, so, we played them in the preseason, there's just a little yeah. too much athleticism for them. Yeah. I agree. Oh. And then up at the top, the number two seed, North Carolina Tar Heels. Against Old Dominion, so um, Churchy thinks Old Dominion is going to win that one pretty easily. Against <laughs> um, right. don't add fire. Don't add, yeah, sorry, don't blame the fire. Yeah, really let's let's go with that one. Uh, Carolina. So in that quadrant, you got Carolina is the two, Stanford's the three, BYU is the six, and Georgia is the seven. We not see a Stanford North Carolina matchup more than likely, or does Stanford not get by BYU? It's all at Chapel Hill. Stanford's going right now. Yeah, yep. peaking at the end of the season. That Stanford North Carolina game. That that'll be the best Sweet Sixteen matchup we see. Yep. It's a great game lined up. Yep. Okay. All right, Brian. Now we pick it. Here I'm going to go through them. North Notre Dame is number one. North Carolina is number two. Number three is Stanford. Number four is Michigan State. Number five is TCU. Number six is Santa Clara. Number seven is Georgia, and number eight is Santa Clara. You got to pick a a lead eight and somebody coming out of it. Who's going into the lead eight? I I am going Carolina. Uh I agree. uh, It's been a year of parity. So I do want to see some outside teams coming in here. I'm going to take Santa Clara back to the quarterfinals. Wow. I'm going to stick with the seeds and I'm going to hold with Notre Dame. But I think in the end, when the lights turn on at Cary 
Stadium, North Carolina will be one of the four standing. Oh, me too. Carolina yeah. and FSU semifinal. Yeah. All right. Oh, that would be that would be nice. All right, here we go. We'll go up to the upper right here, and we'll start out with the Alabama Crimson Tide taking on Jackson State. We'll keep moving to the number eight Portland versus Arizona State. That's an interesting little game. Mm-hmm. Portland's on a little bit of a slide. Mm-hmm. Um, and so is really Arizona State won that game against Arizona, probably got him in. Yep. Um, that was a play-in game. But uh, I mean, Portland's had a good year. I don't know. Did you this let me just stop there for a second? Did you guys see the video of Portland girls when they saw they got in? Mm-mm. See that video? Pull up Portland. Anybody that's listening, pull up the Portland Pilots women's soccer Twitter page and watch the celebration. It is what makes all this worthwhile. Honest to God, it is awesome. I think they thought they weren't in, um, and they got in and went crazy, and it was pretty damn awesome. So awesome. if you got a second, I would do that. It would make you feel good. If you're having a bad day, pull it up, put you in a good mood. Wait, um, how long have they been out of the tournament? Four or five years, maybe? Yeah, for sure. Longer. Probably longer. The institutions of the college soccer. It's an awesome yeah. place to go. Great, yeah. great environment. It's. I'm really happy they're back. Yeah. Again, for those young coaches that are listening or young fans that don't know the history – back too far portland is a pillar of women's soccer and had been for a long time and hit a little low but um michelle french has definitely rejuvenated that group and good for them getting in um thoughts on arizona state portland brian and right, nicole douglas is dangerous can win a game on her own but i'm going to take the merlot home advantage i'll take portland okay yeah another like you said great place to watch all right Rob, robbie i'm coming to you we got rutgers brown I think that's a pretty good game. Wow, I, I think, think that's a great. I think that's a great game. I think that's a great game. I'm obviously, uh, um, you know what? I, I, I'm seeing an upset here. I'm going to go with Brown. I think Brown. I think Brown. I mean, they won the league, right? They won the league. They won the league. Um, they've got like a three-time offensive player of the year in the league, a defensive player in the, the league. There, a lot of seniors on a lot of seniors on that team. Um, they played in big games before. I, I just see them winning this game. Yeah, Rutgers has kind of been all over the map, right? Had some really good wins and some strange results. So right. I mean, it's tough to repeat what they did getting to the Final Four. So we'll see. Right. Right. All right, good. Let's keep moving. Southern Cal, UC Irvine. Um, I do think, um, you know, when you're looking at that group, uh, you know, probably, if, you know, we're looking at Bama, obviously, is going to get through. Then if we, if, you know, Brian likes Portland, Brown and Southern Cal probably all headed into uh, Tuscaloosa, right? So again, I think I think if it's Rutgers or Brown versus Southern Cal in that second round game, that's a tasty little nugget right there. That's a good game to watch. Some good soccer there. Yep, that was really all good. right. Down in the bottom half of this sixteen, you've got the Duke Blue Devils, the number two seed versus Radford. I think, as usual, we're all pulling hard for Radford for the big upset. That's <laughs> just getting churchy, of course. And then we'll keep moving. We like Dukey in that one. And then we go um, the Duke Blue Devils, I should say. And then we'll go Texas versus Texas A&M. It's very similar to the Cal Santa Clara, isn't it? How did that like, come about? They got to play each other. They got to play each other. That that state of Texas, you know, if we would have had one more Texas team in – Churchy, we wouldn't have had to do it. You know, maybe if Rice would have made it in, we wouldn't have to. Uh, well, <laughs> that. where was Texas State? What, where yeah. was Texas State? They the look team like from our conference, 
is from Texas as yeah. well. So yeah. actually didn't have changed the game. Yeah, did you, guys, did you guys forget that that team? And <laughs> you, you have that team. You got t- and you got TCU. And what yeah, no, yeah. there's all kinds of all right. So all right, Brian, <laughs> you're Mr. Texas now. I am Mr. Yeah. Texas. Who wins Texas, Texas AM at Texas? Texas is the seventh seed. Well, in the end, A&M kind of snuck in the tournament. They've been ravaged by injuries all year. Evan fielded the team from opening day in a long, long time. And Missimo and Byers, they were great as freshmen, and they're even better as sophomores. Byers is, you know, playing out of her mind. I think that's going to be too much for, for the Aggies. All right, taking the Longhorns. Oh, yeah. All right, uh, moving on up. Harvard, Harvard versus New Hampshire. That we feel good about that one. And then again, one of the other really good matchups of the first round, South Carolina off their SEC championship game against a Wake Forest team that should be very, very well rested. <laughs> Great played in, didn't make their conference tournament. Um, you know, been waiting around, you know, probably to play. So South Carolina coming off, you know, a lot of excitement, a lot of tough games and and uh, not much rest. At at South Carolina, though, yep. tough place to play. Churchy, who wins it? Um, I think wait for it. Tony's going to make this game very, very difficult as the mad scientist Tony is over there. He's going to throw three or four different formations in South Carolina. But I think at the end, South Carolina's going to win this on penalties. Ooh. Okay. Like I, like, I like Wake on the flip. Close, close, close game. I think Wake is super athletic. And that run to the final, when you win the SEC tournament, it's a grind. Yep. And turn it around. The danger game, you win that tournament, you get a draw like Wake, you're in big trouble in the first yeah. round. Yeah. The, the only thing about Wake is they're so young. This is a really, really, really young team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just think that may catch up with them because I think it's a really good team, but I think that may catch up with them in the tournament against a veteran team like South Carolina. It's a good game, though. Yeah, yeah. it's a great game. All right. Uh, here we go, Brian. Alabama one, Duke two, uh, three is South Carolina, four is Southern Cal, five is Rutgers, six is oh Harvard, seven is Texas, eight is Portland. Who we got in the sweet? Who we got in the final eight? Well, I think this kudos to West at Alabama, fantastic season, number one seed. But I, I think in we get in conference play and we forget non-conference and we can maybe have a team beat up on the other teams in a league and come out of it looking a little better than they might be. They haven't seen a team with Southern Cal's talent in quite some time. So I like Southern Cal and Robbie's protege, Jane, out there. Big kudos yeah. to Jane. To get herself a rematch with the mentor, old versus young Whoa, in wow. the quarterfinals. Wow. Southern Cal Duke. The storylines are fantastic. Robbie's got a nip. Harvard late. I like I like Harvard. I think they're really, really talented to get there. But it's it's Duke over Southern Cal and a third ACC team headed to carry. Oh, I love it. I'm not saying a word. I agree with every word you just spoke. So Love it. All right. Down into the last quadrant, last 16. And this is where we find the UCLA Bruins as the one seed and Northern Arizona in the first round. We'll move on from that. Second game's a tasty little nugget. The UCF Golden Knights against NC State in North Carolina. Who you like there, Churchy? Well, I 
you know, I'd love to go for the uh, with NC State with the ACC, but I just think at the end of the year they just really, really were, were reeling. I think UCF is uh, will win that game, even even in Raleigh, and it's going to be a tough game because again, Timmy's had a lot of time to be able to put this team back together. Yeah, uh, but they were really struggling at the end of the year. I just think UCF's got too much for them. All right. And another common opponent, I think, for Clemson is yeah. Clemson gets another SEC team. It's every year there's one of us going over there. Uh, but Clemson Vandy, um, I'll take this one if we want. Clemson is sitting chomping at the bit, super athletic. I think it's going to be hard for Vandy. No coach. Darren doesn't get to coach in that game with the red card at the tournament. Uh, I think it's too much for Vandy, too much athleticism for Clemson. I'll take Clemson as a five seat. But it's, it's put up for shut up time for Ken, isn't it? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. When assistant gets his chance, yeah. the troops out on there you historic go. Riggs Field. Woo. Yes, Andy. in the historic Riggs Field. But Eddie, Eddie too, has is, is been waiting and, and ready to go, and, and yep. they're obviously pretty good tournament time. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on up, Northwestern's the fourth, playing SIUE. I don't know a thing about SIUE, if I'm being honest. Um, congratulations to them winning their tournament. Um, but Northwestern probably rolls there. So there's that bottom bracket. UCLA is the one. Uh, Northwestern is the four. Uh, NC State is the eight. And Clemson is the five. Feel like North. Feel like UCLA. I mean, that's not a bad group for UCLA. The more I look at that, oh, yeah. no, that's a tasty little quarter. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, let's keep moving on up. Then we got a very interesting Virginia Cavaliers as the three seed. I think Virginia on talent is the one seed. On body of work is the three seed. I do think Steve needs to continue to schedule a little bit better in the non-conference if he wants to continue to look at trying to get one seeds, as I think he puts all of his chips in his ACC. Um, cup and think he's going to win all the games there. And then if he loses to somebody, he doesn't have the, the non-conference games made to fall back on. Just an opinion. Um, but again, a three seed that could certainly be a one seed based on talent. Fairly Dickinson will move on. Next game, really good game. I think Tennessee and Xavier. Yep. Thoughts on Tennessee, Xavier, Brian? Tennessee, all the talent in the world haven't quite delivered during the regular season. Um, but I, I think too much for Xavier in the end and Tennessee, their reward is a date with Virginia and a bus ride home. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then he got, again, another one of the better games of the, of the first round, West Virginia against a Virginia tech, little bit Jekyll and Hyde churchy. No, I mean, they won some big ones, maybe didn't do some well on some other ones, lower RPI, but got in certainly on merit, had some great wins. Uh, but West Virginia, same thing, right? Big 12 champs. You can look at them a little bit like South Carolina, knowing that um, they had a, a hell of a run to get there and win the Big 12. And, uh, I mean, Nikki's back, was out of the tournament for a year, but got our team back as a seven seed playing Virginia Tech. Churchy, who you got? Yeah, I think the, you know, I thought early in the year West Virginia really struggled, and you it looked like they were going to make the tournament again for the second straight yeah. year for them. And then, you know, give Nikki a lot of credit. She turned that ship around, and for them to win the tournament and get in the tournament, and really sitting here at 10-4-7, and seven, I didn't really know their record was – they only had four losses. I thought they had more losses. But I, I do think there's a lot in Virginia Tech. We did not play them this year, but, you know, they beat Carolina. They, they beat Carolina at home. 
uh, during the year. Um, I, I do think there's they, they have a freshman that up front. I think she is a handful, and I think she may be the difference maker. I think they will find the gold late. Uh, I don't think Virginia uh, West Virginia scores many goals, and I think Virginia Tech will find the goal late. Yeah, I totally okay. agree with with Robbie on that one. West Virginia spent so much energy to get to the tournament late season, even before the conference tournament. Great job winning it. Got themselves some hardware, but the the game the teams are too evenly matched for one to be coming in kind of on fumes and the other one to be sitting and waiting. Absolutely. All right. Um, and then the last game in this this um, this group, Penn State versus Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac again. We say great year. Penn State we think moves on. So here we go, Brian. Ooh. UCLA, Penn State. Three is Virginia. This is a hell of a bracket. Four is Northwestern. Five is Clemson. Six is, where are we here? Six is Tennessee. Seven, West Virginia. Eight is NC State. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb and say UCLA is playing in the lead Eight game. Mm -hmm. And I think they're going to play Virginia. Yeah, and I think that. UCLA oh. breaks up the party and carry of the ACC fourteen Quinn 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 uh, what's the word whatever whatever that word is, <laughs> uh, and uh, and it's for me it's UCLA gets there to carry. Well, I think this is the uh, top drawer soccer dream recruiting rankings quadrant, isn't it? Penn State, Virginia, UCLA. That uh, yes. how many top twenty recruits are on those three rosters? Holy cow! Yes. The yeah. uh, but I've got the same quarterfinalists, Virginia, UCLA. And I just had that front group from Virginia. I love UCLA's had a fantastic season. Margaret, Marguerite, along with Wes and uh, Jeff out of Michigan State, probably the national coach of the year finalists. Yeah. In what a great, what what a group of coaches we have this year, And by the way. Mm -hmm. um, turning into unbelievable jobs. Randy at Pitt. But I'll take Virginia. I'm going to say we're going to carry with four ACC teams. Mm. Like Ooh. we all maybe thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year. Yes. I think that was last year we talked about that. Maybe. So your final four is North Carolina, Notre Dame. No. No. It is Florida State playing North Carolina and yeah. Duke playing Virginia. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry. And mine is the same, except I'll take UCLA instead of Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Two last quick things. Uh one one. A little bit sad and one uh, funny story. Um, uh, a lot of coaching changing, right? A lot of our good friends, you know, losing jobs. It's the worst time of year um, for me, you know, for all of us to to look at, you know, guys that are doing really good job, guys and certainly women doing really good job and not being retained for, for whatever reason. And just it sometimes it hits home. Like you're just like, this is difficult, um, you know, People that have worked hard and poured a lot of time into it, and for whatever reason, doesn't work out. Maybe it's a new AD, maybe it's success, maybe it's whatever. Um, but certainly, I, I, you know, we feel for anybody that's listening that has lost their job or, or um, you know, have to be replaced, not renewed, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but you know, know that college soccer, you know, we we are a, you know a tight knit group, and and um, this time of year, as exciting as it is for the tournament. Um, it certainly sucks for anybody that's 
That's quick, a, what do you guys make, Robbie? What do you make, Matt? What do you make of this is very mid-major oriented and seemingly wins and losses. The quick turnover, you know, I don't know, 15, 20 jobs already. Yep. yep that yep. a lot of them seem to be, you know, places that had a good season a year or two ago and just a, you know, really bad season yep. this year, which can yep. happen to anybody. Yeah. Yep. Are we getting a little bit unrealistic expectations from some mid-major administrations? What do you think it is? I, I think we are. I think what scares me is just what you said, Brian, and teams, these are these most of these programs have had some success in the past. Yep. How quickly have they turned on the coaches or, you know, the, the players, the program, how quickly have they turned two or three years? And then all of a sudden they're out the door. I don't know if it's like you show them too much too early. And then all of a sudden you have to produce, you, you have to produce each season. Uh, it looks like, but you know, I, I, I think people are starting to, in our sport creep up and it's, you know, always wins and losses have been important, but now I think over the last three to four years, and even, I think even more now, all of a sudden it's just, what have you done for me lately? And if you haven't done for me lately, then we're going to get you out and we're going to find somebody that we think can do a better job. And it's, uh, it's pretty scary, Matt. I think you said that really well. Um, and to lead into this, a lot of people put a lot of time and a lot of effort and put years and years and family. And it's not just the coaches, it's the whole family too. That's, that's invested in here too. So, um, yeah, I, mean, I think we have a lot of, I think you see Brian, my other side, I think Robbie's dead on. And I think it's well said. I think the other side of it is there's, there's as much coaching turnover as administrator turnover. Yeah. So ADs and sports supervisors, and, you know, maybe you had a sports supervisor that you worked great with and now, that person has left or moved on and now you have a new one. It doesn't work. Like there's all those things all factor into it, you know, and, and it, it, unrealistic. I don't know. Like, like you say, maybe sometimes people set too, too high a bar and, and can't, can't hit it each year. And the questions come in. So terrible for sure. All right. I'm going to leave you guys. We're going to end this with this little story I've got for you. I, I've been looking forward to telling you this. So last night, you know, we're on the eve of a veterans day, right? So last night, my daughter is, is part of the choir at Ole Miss. And uh, the choir at Ole Miss is extremely impressive. And last night they had a celebration for veterans. And it was really powerful. It was fantastic. Really well done. And the place that I was in, it was in our our, our concert hall on Ole Miss. And it holds maybe 2,000 people. Packed. Fantastic. So at the beginning, uh, they do a song or two. And the orchestra's there. I mean, very powerful music. And they they say, okay, at this point, will all veterans stand up? So there's, you know, hundreds of people standing, right? And not hundreds, but there's probably 150 guys stand, right? I, of course, am a veteran of the United States Coast Guard. I stood up. So the, the announcer comes on and he says, okay, if you were part of this era, Iraq, Persian Gulf, whatever, sit down. So, you know, when it hit my spot, I sat down. And they continued on Vietnam War. If you're part of the Vietnam War, thank you. Thank you for your return. Very powerful. Very, very powerful. So, you know, again, you're looking at very older men. And then they get into even, there were a couple of WW2 veterans there. Fantastic, right? Talked about them. They said, not them, but, you know, that they were part of the World War II and what that meant and so on. Sat down. So then they played, this was cool too. They played the music of each of the branches in the song that goes on them. You know, you got the Air Force, Navy, whatever. So during that time, they said, okay, if you're part of the Army, stand up while the Army song plays. So they stand up again. You're part of the Navy, goes down. Coast Guard is the last one, right? 
They start playing the Coast Guard. I stand up. Only guy in the place. Two thousand <laughs> people. One Coast Guard. One Coast Guard member left. Just me, veteran. But this is the best bit. So after I look up and, you know, Tacey, my daughter is looking at me and I'm thinking, what is she thinking? This whole place, everybody said, everybody's turned around looking at just me. Right. And um, so after the concert, she comes out and and I'm like, what do you think? She's like, I, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing, that you were the only one saying. And you continue to stand for the whole song <laughs> while everybody's watching. She said, Dad, you have no fear of embarrassment. <laughs> I mean, I was, there, I was standing there waving my little flag. They gave out little flags and waving my little flag where the Coast Guard song is said the whole time. So anyway, that was a pretty amusing, uh, a pretty amusing evening, but fantastic. Yeah. It was a, a great, great evening for us. So anyway, that's how we're ending College Soccer <laughs> Nation, a little, a little story. And certainly thank you to all the veterans that are listening. We appreciate your service on Veterans Day. Um, and then anybody that's listening, good luck in the tournament. We'll be pulling for you. We'll try and get back next week with maybe some thoughts on round one and maybe some more predictions if some of our, you know, lead cold locks don't come through, Brian. That's right. That's right. No one will remember. We'll just pick new teams. That's right. Churchy, good luck, buddy. Thank you very much. Good luck, Rob. Last, question, last question before I leave is, does anybody have video of you standing up waving <laughs> that flag? Please, if you have video out there, yeah. please send that out right away. The right one looking flag. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right, boys. Listen, um, thanks, Darren, for producing us tonight. We appreciate it. Glad we're back. We'll, have, we'll try and pop a few more out here before it's over. College Soccer Nation for Tuesday. No, not Tuesday. Thursday is out.